I like to rant. Ranting is fun. It also makes cleanses the soul. Uh, Detroit is to be one of the best sports cities in the country, if not the best. Surely Javi can't be as bad this year as he was last year. Surely that can't be the case. One of the worst offenses, if not the worst offense, like in the modern era of baseball, just absolutely atrocious. He is a piece of the puzzle. He is not the entire puzzle. Right. He's a puzzle piece, but he is not the entire puzzle. This is the Michigan and Trumbull podcast with your hosts, Alex S. Freeman and Luke Giaconis. Hello and welcome to the Michigan and Trumbull podcast. I'm Alex Freeman, joined as always by Luke Jaconis. Luke, how are you doing this week? We're he- we are here in the final week of the Major League Baseball season uh, for the Detroit Tigers. Other teams will continue to play after this week. Um, the Tigers will yeah. not be won this year. Uh, I don't. I don't know that anybody's particularly surprised by that uh, outcome. But uh, we we made it. We made it to the end of the baseball season. We've arrived. Mm-hmm. How are you? I'm good. Just a, a lot to unpack here right off the top. First of all, what an intro! Usually, you need a little like a. You need your breath. You went right in. It's you went right in. into that Go intro. You head first into the deep end, and I'm proud of you. We're getting good after four seasons of doing the show. Our chemistry is hot, hot, hot. I Mike. think it's the magic um, of this Louisville Cardinals shirt that I have on, courtesy of, where did you get of that? Yeah, resident I, nice guy uh, Colin Lyman. Yes. Uh, it just makes me, it my... gives me it exudes it gives me some confidence that I don't mm-hmm. I don't always have. Uh, so mm-hmm. I just went I just went for it. I uh, have a Welland Park dry fit T-shirt on. This comes from my mom's fiance. Ooh, I got it three years ago, out. and it's a great it's a great sleep shirt. Great shirt to work out in. Kind of makes the arms look good. Hides the belly. Good stuff all around. Great Other shirt to that, learn tap in. You are you're 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 calling me out right now. Yes, you are. This is my. I'm just gonna I'm gonna be transparent with the viewers and the listeners. Yes, I am taking a tap class. I am. Uh, for those of you who don't know, on a serious note, Alex and I are theater people. In case you can't tell by the wall of playbills that are behind me in my apartment, those aren't all mine. Those are more my significant others well, than Luke mine. But I've a contributed. Big, it's a big Broadway guy. Those are not big all Broadway his guy. Yet, not yet, not yet. Yeah, that one, that one's mine. Hades Town, that one's mine. Shucked, I was a part of that. The one this is hard doing it backwards. The parade one with Ben Platt. That's mine. This is great content for the listeners. They're just I know, folks. If right you now. have not seen, if you if you find yourself going to New York and you're like on yes. the fence about being a theater person, go see Shucked. You yeah. are going to have a delightful time, and mm-hmm. it will it will turn you into a theater person because it's it's just such 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 fun. Could not agree more. And you will want to leave having the biggest, juiciest, butteriest piece of corn on the cob. Never. Very fun do you know, show. Do you know that I went all summer without having any corn? Mm, that's a war crime where I come from. Yeah. I get, you you got to treat yourself at least to one cob here every now and then. You got to do it. Yeah, I, m- I messed that up. I'm, I, I'm searching hard in Detroit at the very end of the season <laughs> this weekend. I'm looking for an this ear man, of corn. This if anyone's got a recommendation want... <laughs> for the best ear of corn in Detroit, yeah, Michigan, in Detroit, you let Michigan. me know. Hook him up, folks. Hook him up. He doesn't want pizza. He doesn't want a hot dog. He doesn't want anything that Comerica has to offer. If the specialty item is, though, a nice thing of ear of corn, 
at Comerica Park, Alex might be in luck, which is exciting. Boy, we took a turn on this, but hey, that's how it goes sometimes when it's the end of the season. We made it to the end of the season. The Tigers made it to the end of the season. They, for for what it's worth, and I've had my qualms with this season. That's that's well documented at this point. They made it a lot longer, mm-hmm. being mathematically eliminated than I thought. If you would have asked me early to mid-June when this team was going to be eliminated, I would have said Father's Day, probably. That's that's just the that's just the facts. But <laughs> they lost last week on the road to the LA Dodgers, which officially knocked them out of playoff contention. Or actually no, I think it was a game one to the game two to the A's. I don't know. It's sometime on the West Coast road trip. Yeah. We'll get to the A's here in a little bit. Might be my rant. Foreshadowing? Ooh. We shall see. Um but yeah, you know, I think one question I was, I was thinking about this, Alex, and I'll, I'll mm-hmm. pose this this question to you. I'll, I'll kick it your way. There's a very real chance this Tigers team, who is currently 73 and 83, they're yeah. not going to lose 90 games this year, which is a big improvement from last year. They've already won more games than last year, which is a significant improvement. This team, though, is now going to get very close and may even surpass the 2021 Detroit Tigers. And if they do that, Mm -hmm. that would be the second best record since 2016. We're going to get to the year 2016 here in a little bit as well. But my, my, my prompt to you, sir, is if this team, let's say matches the 77 win 2021 Tigers from a few Mm -hmm. seasons ago, which team do you give the edge to that you think is in a better spot heading into their next season. Obviously, we know how it fared for the Tigers in 2022, but just a race like you never saw 22 from your mind. If the Tigers finish with a similar record, which they will pretty much at this point, to the 21 Tigers, mm-hmm. will you feel more optimistic going into this offseason, or did you feel more optimistic going into the 2021 offseason? I think I will feel more optimistic going into this offseason because Scott Harris is at the helm. We have a new GM. Uh, which which we'll talk about in in just a bit. Um, mm-hmm. And it's no longer, you know, Al Avila at the helm to mess it up. Um, yep. And yep. and so I I do feel optimistic and I feel I feel also optimistic because I feel like there's a lot more energy towards making moves into this offseason. Um, just kind of like around and like the way in which most most members who speak to the press about this franchise uh, are speaking, it just feels like there there is going to be some potential to actually like see some signings, see some moves get made in this offseason that can elevate this team to the next level. What I have come to realize with this team, and it's similar to the 2021 team, is that this is a good baseball team. No, not really. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't be 10 games under 500 wrapping up your season and convince me that you are a good baseball team. Are they an improved team from 2022? I've said this entire season, even when I've had my gripes with this team, yes, they are. I hope that going into this offseason, it's, it's, again, well-documented. I've had my issues with Scott Harris now. He is approached his first season as team president. Now there is a new general manager in play. That's something we didn't have a season ago, but make no mistake about it. It still feels like Scott Harris is going to be the one calling the shots. This is, this is still his team. So now it is time. And something we said going into the 21 off season where management and upper management in particular has to step up. 
Chris Illich has to be willing to open up the wallet. Scott Harris has to go out and make some moves. I'm sorry. You can't stand Pat like he did last offseason, Scott. Go out there and give an innings eater like Matt Boyd a one-year deal, Lorenzen a one-year deal, and do a bunch of waiver wire guys. It, you got you have to start seeing some improvements. You have to start bringing in some offensive reinforcements. Now, for what it's worth, I don't think you need to bring in nearly as many offensive reinforcements mm-hmm. as I would have said last season as opposed to going into this offseason because you do got guys like Torkelson who, although inconsistent, has definitely shown he's got the power. Harry Carpenter has been a delightful surprise. If he can stay healthy, knock on wood, Riley Green is going to be a great asset to this team. Right now, I'd like to see them go out and get an outfielder. That is that is mm-hmm. where an outfielder and maybe like a solid DH. Um, personally, for me too, and I'm sure we'll get into this for cut him and keep him later on. You know, as we wrap up more episodes that come in the off season, I think they should just split ties, break ties with Javi Baez pay him out, get him off the roster, and that be that. Um, but that remains to be seen. So I do think Scott Harris, I don't want to say he's got an easier job this offseason as opposed to last offseason. I just feel like maybe there's not as many holes to fill because you got to think we're going to see Cole Keith next year. You'd mm-hmm. imagine we're going to see Justin Henry Malloy. Carpenter's still going to be here for Riley Green, Jake Rogers is probably your catcher going in to start the season. Jake Rogers has 20 home runs on the season. I've always been a Jake Rogers guy. That was the one guy that kind of avila that he made his moves. Like, well, let's see what he's got. I didn't think it was going to be the next Pudge Rodriguez, but he's been pretty solid. So there's maybe less – there's still a lot – let me put it this way. There's still a lot of questions that need to be answered. Mm-hmm. But comparing how many questions needed to be answered from 22 to 23, it was probably more like 22 was up here. And 23 is somewhere down here. A lot yeah. of work to be done. A lot of work to be done, but not as bad, I, I guess. I maybe would say it is. Year. it has gone from like an out of control wildfire to the fire is now contained. It's still burning and everything is uh-huh. still on fire. Uh-huh. But you now, you now know exactly like kind of where you're actually fighting that fire and you can, you can now Agreed. proceed to put the whole fire out. Um, great Luke before we dive further into kind of dissecting this season you want to rant yes it's very brief very brief it won't it won't be like my historic rant from a few months ago where I I ranted for about 90 minutes Uh, it's going to be a brief one yeah I'm ready cue me up oh great let's go let's hit the music Stop losing to the Oakland A's. They are the worst team in baseball. Just because they can, they've only won, what, 48 games, I think it is, doesn't just give you an excuse to cash it in. They are the worst team in baseball. Stop losing to the goddamn Oakland A's. They suck. They stink. They're pieces of dog shite. Losing to Oakland. And rant. I think that was your best one yet. It probably was the best for the listeners. I, you know, it was the quickest, so they didn't have to hear me ramble as much. <laughs> I, think I got the point across. Losing <laughs> to the A's, man. You went three and four against them this year. It's terrible. There, there. Uh, 
there was nothing more really i feel like fitting for miguel cabrera's road career to end at the oakland coliseum with them not beating the a's for the season with the a's giving him a 90 dollar bottle of wine <laughs> It's like just don't just don't give him anything. Give him a gift card. Give him a give him a gift card to like Panda Express, Olive Garden, Carabas, something, something. But yeah, that was uh, I tweeted it out. I think right before I think it was when the Dodgers gave him a pretty cool send off, and so did the uh, the Angels. And then I was like, he's going to go to Oakland, and I think I said they're going to give him like a can of baked beans and a six dollar check to his foundation. <laughs> and somehow they found a way to. Do something even worse. I don't think they donated to his foundation. I mean, Miguel Cabrera's a millionaire. You know, it's his foundation. He can contribute more than you know anyone else. You know, needs to. Not that they have to give a check, but I'm pretty sure well, if I'm not well, mistaken. Well, let's yes, Miguel Cabrera's a millionaire, a check, right? But let's remember, the owner of the Oakland Athletics is a billionaire. Is, is a billionaire. True. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Very, very true. Well played. And I think most teams. I don't want to say all the teams, but I if I had to put money on it. I feel like almost every team gave a little gift and they usually donate between mm-hmm. five to 10 K to his foundation. Am I wrong on that? No, and I think Oakland you're right. I mean, gave him a $90 bottle of wine that they got at a Benny's beverage depot. And yeah, it's at not least a, give I mean, him a couple if, of nights yeah. at a hotel in Las Vegas, guys, something, something. And then I don't know. And this is funny too. This is now, I don't know if this is a true narrative and it's totally Miguel Cabrera's business, but the whole, because obviously he's had some issues in the past with alcohol abuse and things like that. I don't know if he has ever outwardly come and said, I am a recovering alcoholic. I, I I don't know if he has or hasn't. I know there's been some issues in the past, but if the man is a recovering alcoholic, that just makes it even worse. That's, that's it's like giving a heroin addict some needles. Like That's it. In that case, give him a $25 gift card to an AMC. Let him... Let him go see the new Exorcist movie for Halloween. He's going to have time on his hands after this week to go to the cinema. So a lot of time on his hands, actually, after this week to do whatever the hell he wants. So, yeah, uh, the Oakland thing. Hey, I'll I'll say this, and this is a good kind of segue. They played pretty well for to end end your season on a West Coast road trip when you're not playing for anything. It would have been real easy for them to just cash it in and that 10 game road trip easily could have gone two and eight, three and seven. They went six and four on that road trip. They swept the angels in Anaheim, which they never, a they never beat the angels home or away, but they did it on the angels mm-hmm. home turf, which is encouraging. They took uh, only one game from the Dodgers. They almost took two. They blew the game late in that second game, almost took two out of three from the Dodgers at Dodger stadium. And then you split the series with Oakland. So going six and four, on a West Coast road trip to end your your road series for the year ain't bad. It really you could do a hell of a lot worse. And it really the Angels thing honestly was the most encouraging thing to me. I know the Angels suck beyond all belief. Why mm-hmm. the Tigers always have difficulty beating teams like the Angels and the A's even this season will just be a equation I'll never be able to solve. But um, you know, sweeping the Angels, you know. Being competitive with the Dodgers for the most part, I think that first game got a little out of hand, if I remember correctly, but I could be wrong. And then two out of four you take from Oakland, and for what it's worth, they had a late lead. They had a late lead against Oakland in one of those games, and then Oakland came and just clobbered them. Will Vest gave up some homers, and that was it. So, 
Yeah, but six and four to end the final road trip of the season. And I think it goes, we need to, this, let's not bury the lead here. Going six and four on this road trip, gave them a 41 and I believe 40 record on their road series yep. this year. And again, I've had my qualms, but that is, that's, that's good. That is a positive step in the right direction. Their first winning road series since 2016, where they've won, had a winning record on the road since the 2016 season. That's encouraging. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, and you think about, um, you know, those first two weeks of the season, how many of those losses were, were on the road. So like, take that, mm-hmm. take that out of, of the scenario. And it's, it's solidly above 500. Um, for I looked them. at some stats here, buddy. I looked at some stats here. Sorry to kind of cut you off, but um, no, I'm trying to see here what they had. Oh, it just shows the, uh, the records and whatnot, but uh, yeah, against, you know, against teams, the, the big thing this year was, you know, the Tigers finally, for the first time in many, many years, finished um, above 500 against their own division. We said for yep. all these years, right, Tigers have to learn to beat teams in their division. Now they got to beat other teams. They got to do better against the AL East. Um, you know, they got to do better. I think they didn't play so hot against maybe it was the NL East or the NL Central. Um, but let me just read this to you real quick. Their monthly splits. So in March, they went 0-1. April, they went 10 and 16. Not good, but better than recent Aprils. Mm-hmm. This was the big one. May, they went 16 and 11. June, they went 9 and 18. That was their worst month of baseball. Brilliant. July, 12 and 13. August, 13 and 15. They're currently 13 and 9 with six games to go in the month of September. So if they can win two more games this month, they will guarantee themselves a winning month of September, which would give them two out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven months of baseball. They were right there in July, right there in August. Um, Honestly, we always bitch about April being bad for the Tigers. Their June is what killed them this year. The June swoon was alive and real nine and 18. Yikes. Of course, that was the big nine game losing streak in the month of June. But yeah, it's just, if they can find a way, and I'm sure I'm giving myself false hope and false optimism right now, but if they can find a way to nip some of those big losing streaks right in the bud, you know, maybe things are different. Maybe things are and, different. So yeah, and I mean, and this is a little bit um, uh, less the normal structure of how we kind of talk about things on the show. But let's look at these last six games where you've got mm-hmm. the three against Kansas City and then three against Cleveland. Um, there's there's no reason they shouldn't win at least two of those games. They should probably win four of those games, if not five or six. Um, especially yeah. if the team is stepping in the direction that we think that they are going to. And, um, you know, yes, they're not playing for anything that actually matters, but they're only half a game behind Cleveland for second place mm-hmm. in, in yeah. the division. And that that is a, a huge placement, I think, going into this offseason as they're going to go out and try and sign guys to convince them that this team is moving in the right direction to say, Hey, you know, we were just an awful baseball team for a very long time. Um, We've started to take some big steps. And one of those big steps that you can see, we finished second in the division, the worst division in baseball, but we finished second in the division. We are now ready. You come join us. You're the extra 12 wins that we need to win this division. That's a, good, that's a good point, and we talk about it a lot with this team. You know, Detroit is not this big, flashy market. It's never going to be Chicago or L.A. or New York or Boston or Atlanta or Houston, you know, some of these big market teams that just stars want to flock to. You know, so 
Detroit and like all of sports, but I feel like mainly for the Tigers when they've been so bad as they've been these last few years, and it is, what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. So if I'm a free agent who's wanting to, you know, sign multiple years of my life and my career away to a team, I know it sounds kind of stupid. I know it sounds kind of hokey, but I might be more inclined to look at a team that's closer to a 580 win, 81 win season mm-hmm. than a team that could barely scrape over 70 wins. So I'm not trying to say that these next six games are the be all end all. Obviously you want to go out there and win games. You should beat up on Kansas city. They're terrible. The tide has kind of turned. The Tigers should beat up on Cleveland. They're not very good either. So yeah. you don't want to go in and just lay a big fat fart. And that's how you end your season. You know, right now, yeah, you're not going to lose 90 games, but you don't want this to turn into a thing where it's 73 and 89 and kind of the luster of the nice little yeah. end of September that you've had has worn off. So, you know, I don't want to say they're big games. Obviously, the storyline of this week is Miguel Cabrera. It's his final week as being a major league baseball player. It's his final week of being a Tiger. That's going to be the main storyline that kind of, you know, populates all the news and everything. And it should. It should. But there are still games we won here. There is still a job to be done going into this offseason and next year. And maybe it's because the Chicago Bears suck so much ass right now that I can't even <laughs> begin to think about football. But I guess I'm saying already how many days till spring trading next year. This is my life. This is my life. I just bounce back and forth, man. It's between Bears football and Tigers baseball. I'm just eternally screwed. But hey, I, 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 you know, it's funny. The other day, my my partner, she said to me, because I was watching the Bears game and they're just getting walloped like they've done all season. And I just said, I'm a born loser. And she just held my hand and she said, no, you're not a born loser. You're a chosen loser. You chose this life. Enjoy it. And I went, <laughs> I went, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. God didn't make, I guess, you know, I chose it. I chose it. God made me it. Whatever you want to say. I don't know who's to say, but uh, yeah, yeah. Them's the hopes. And kind of one, one to to your point, Luke, about um, that that kind of like mid market franchise. What are you going to go for? Like Cleveland is a very similar market um, in terms of what are you going to do to attract attract teams. And so, do I think in the th- last three games of the season you're like playing to beat Cleveland for a free agent? No, but I do think if you can point to if you're if it's between you and Cleveland. Or between mm-hmm. you and the twins, even um, yeah. like if you can point that, like, no, we're we're stalking the twins right now. Um, we're right, we're above Cleveland in this division right now. So, like, this is the place to land for you. Um, and there is pride. There is pride, right? Like, yeah. and I know it sounds so pathetic to say because it's like, really, you haven't had a winning season since 2016, and you're fighting for pride still. That's the narrative we're going for. I'm not saying it's so much like that, but. I am saying if you're a diehard Tiger fan, you're not blind to the fact that Cleveland has wiped their ass with us for the last five, six, seven years. So, yeah, it might be a little bit of a feather in a cap to say not only did we win the season series against you, but Mm -hmm. we also jumped you in the division. How's that bronze medal feel? Now we're in second place. And again, you don't want to fight for second place. It's so lame. But I guess it is baby steps. Maybe I'm just in a better mood because we're going to be in Detroit this weekend. And they had a pretty decent West Coast road trip. So I'm not as volatile as I I usually sometimes feel with this team. But it, it's you know it it is a, it is a step and this team, look, I'm I, I don't want to get to a full off season predictions and you know things for next year, but let's just say this here and this is something I'm going to echo a lot through the, this last week of the season, the off season, mm-hmm. spring training, and all of next year. If you're Scott Harris, your goal should be, 
I'm going to even not, obviously your goal is to win the world series. You would hope, you would hope, you would hope, you would hope. But then again, look at the Oakland days. Uh, the Tigers lost three or 40, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that, but uh, <laughs> the Tigers should obviously be wanting to win a world series, but your more tangible goal for next year is to win the AL central. Mm-hmm. I don't care if Minnesota has gotten been, you know, a little bit hot lately. They kind of won the division. You know, they, they're one of the few teams that have clinched. I think that's thus far. It's just them. It is, Atlanta and I think the Dodgers, if I'm not mistaken. Who else has clinched at this point? I could be totally wrong. And I might have whiffed there. That might have been a big old whiff by Luke. Let's see here. Twins have clinched. Braves have clinched. Dodgers have clinched. No whiff, no whiff in here for Jacobus today. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, that's your goal for next year, right? You you should be able to compete with mm-hmm. the Minnesota Twins. They are not a juggernaut team. They are not the 100-plus win Atlanta Braves, which might be the best team in the history of baseball. You should be able to compete with the Minnesota Twins, who are 83-73. and 73. I mean, I, I honestly don't think that's that much of a stretch for this team. I don't think the Twins are good. Um, I think they're going to get bounced early in the playoffs. Yep. I don't even know if they're going to win a playoff, uh, win a playoff game. It's been since 2004 since they've actually done that. So... Realistic goal heading into 2024 and throughout 2024 next year is winning the AL Central. Your first AL Central win since that would have been 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Kind of sounds nice to me. And your anniversary, you start winning some AL Central titles again. So see if they can make it happen. It'd be a beautiful thing. It'd be a beautiful thing. And helping the Tigers to get there will be new general manager Jeff Greenberg. Tigers announced last week that the GM job is finally full. Um, Luke, I don't know if you've done much reading up on Jeff Greenberg at this point, um, but spent 11 years with the front office of the Cubs, um, has been the associate GM of the NHL's Chicago Blackhawks for the last 16 months, uh, came up, came up through baseball is, has been around baseball his whole life. His father was the managing partner of the Texas Rangers, um, for a long time. So is, is familiar, is not, you know new to baseball by any stretch of the imagination, but is definitely not, uh, is in the newer mold of the GM than the older mold where, where kind of like player turned into front office going into that route. Um, which I like, I like that because I do think, uh, you know, it, what that signals to me is that the, the loudest baseball voice in the room is going to be AJ Hinch. Um, followed by Scott Harris and then followed by Jeff Greenberg, that that's kind of like going to be the, the baseball order um, order of operations in terms of like, this is what the team needs baseball wise. And now you guys go and make it happen. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll obviously we'll see um, how many, how many times have we said that over the years on this podcast. Um, but times, it's, it's good to now have somebody in the role. Um, it's, it's nice to kind of feel like the front office is finally complete um, as, and that, that also that they have made the higher signals to me that it is going to be a much more active off season than perhaps previously has existed under Scott Harris. Um, obviously only one off season has existed under Scott Harris with the Detroit Tigers, but uh, you know, they're ready to go out and make moves, and that's going to require a, a full office staff. Uh, your thoughts, Luke? Um, I don't really have too many thoughts, good or bad. I tweeted it out, and I stand by the tweet. I don't care who they bring in as long as it's someone who's going to help 
this team win immediately. I don't want someone who's coming in that's laying out a four to five year ground plan. I want uh, someone who's going to come in and say, yeah, you guys weren't very good last year, but you weren't that far off. We make a couple right moves. We start developing some guys, some guys come into their own. This is a team who can compete. That's the kind of attitude. That's the kind of mentality I want going into 24. I'm over rebuilding the rebuild. I'm over waiting and seeing with guys, you know, we, we, Look what happened. You gave some guys some opportunities this year, and for the most part, they succeeded. Not every single one of them succeeded, but some of these prospect guys, you know, not too shabby. I know Parker Meadows has struggled as of late, but he was kind of a late-year call-up. Kerry Carpenter finally got kind of his first full season to be Kerry Carpenter, mm -hmm. and it was exciting. Riley Green, again, went healthy, was very exciting. Tarek Skubal, even though he didn't pitch for half the season, has really been great this second half. You know, there's been some guys who've wavered, Matt Manning, you know, Spencer Torkelson, Akil Badu. So, you know, it's going to kind of always be a teeter-totter with certain people. And that all going to be perfect. But I just want someone who's going to have the mindset that we're going to win and we're going to win soon, sooner rather than later. And I get this vibe from him. Also, pretty cool. You go from the Cubs, the Blackhawks, to the Tigers. And hey, you can weave in and out of different sports like that. You're mm -hmm. a hell of a lot better than I could ever do. Because I, I couldn't do it with one sport, let alone two. So kudos to him. But yeah, I'm cool with it. I don't have a strong opinion one way or, or the other. Just someone who's going to say, hey, we're going to win and we're going to win soon. You want to talk injuries? Yes, real quick. I'm going to turn my lights on. It's getting very dark here. So give me five seconds. Harry, uh, cover the air. This is important stuff. All right. I'm going to just kind of like give us a little quick overview of the injury report. Uh, Riley Green uh, on the 60-day IL, obviously done for the year, um, had Tommy John surgery on his non-throwing elbow. Um, they expect that he'll be back at the start of next season. Uh, so hopefully that's the end of that story that we will just see him at the start of next season and we'll say, Hey, he's back. Great. Good stuff. Uh, Fiedo on the 15 day IL. So I believe based on my, my ability to do day math, uh, he's done for the year. Um, Mason Englert, uh, on the 15 day IL could, could potent could potentially, I guess, come back theoretically, but was pulled from his rehab assignment on Sunday. So probably not. Um, Austin Meadows remains on the 60 day IL, um, not going to, not going to return to the team this year. That's probably one of the, one of the bigger question marks uh, going into the off season mm -hmm. of the current roster of, of what, what do you do with Austin Meadows? We've talked about that at length. So I don't think we need to necessarily rehash it here. Casey Mize throwing a bullpen ses session um, earlier this month. He's been throwing, uh, so probably good to to start next year. Um, should be all set there. Um, yeah, and then I think we're we're back. Matt Manning, um, right foot fracture on the 15-day IL. I hate to shake my head at Matt Manning. Sometimes I feel like I pick on him. Every season, I always feel like there's a couple guys that like really get it from me. Like over the last two years, Javi has been a guy because he's Javi. He's easy to pick on because he's just kind of a, an asshole. But every year, there's always seems to be Kirk Barnhart, Captain Celery. I mean, need I say more? Jose Arena, just meatball Arena. That's who he was. But um, how is how Matt is Manning? So not to not to fully interrupt this rant here, Luke. Um, but how is Jose Arena still in Major League Baseball? How does he still? He was pitching pitch. for the White Sox, I think. Yeah, yeah, I don't he know. Did. Dude. He pitched all season. I don't know how. How I don't know. I don't know. Just, I, just I don't know. bring bring somebody up. Like I like. Yeah. There's no you reason you that yeah. you're paying Jose Urania not league Money. minimum. 
like because he's been in the league he's been in the league long enough that you like he's elevated up the pay scale at least what what are people doing anyways no you 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 bring yeah no you 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 bring in a guy like urania you're not trying to win anytime so you're just trying to get to the end of september with you know your job still intact for whatever team you're playing or managing for but um yeah matt manning you know i look again another guy who wavered i kind of said a while ago he threw a complete no hitter this year folks i mean that's that's nothing to sneeze at against the Toronto Blue Jays who know how to hit the baseball. Um, but then he's had some starts where he looks like it's his rookie debut all over again. So, and then that on top of the injuries, it's just like, yeah. dude, I mean, I, I am worried. I'm worried about Matt Manning's health, but I'm just going to say this and we can have a lengthier discussion, you know, maybe during an off season episode, but as much as I love Riley green, I'm not counting on him yet. He, yeah. he is yet to play one full season healthy say what you will about spencer torkelson last year got demoted it was not injured but got demoted because of his performance this season although he's wavered from time to time has been here and healthy the entire mm-hmm. season say what you will about javi Baez as well i think the only thing i remember javier getting injured was say his many first week javier, or two but... yeah you could say a lot about <laughs> javi but for what it's worth health wise for the most part he's 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 pretty reliable he's pretty reliable so you know, I love Riley Green. I think Riley Green will be a star here, but I just have a hard time relying on someone to, for two years in a row, I've yet to even see play a complete full season. When he was on, he was on. There's no denying that. But mm-hmm. you have to think about the health and longevity. That is an actual factor in, in professional sports. It just is. And that is a realm of his game that he needs him. Movement on. I don't know how you work on not getting injured. You know, I don't want him to lose kind of that reckless abandonment in center field. Maybe just scale it back a bit. I mean, I don't know. And, and his injuries too. I'm not trying to downplay them, but like going into 2022, he fouled the ball off his foot, broke his foot. Right. He he hurt himself diving for a ball. You know, it's like it's mm-hmm. not like God forbid he like took a fastball to the jaw and you know like scarred him for life like a John Carlos Stanton or you know. He's a pitcher and he blew, blew out his arm, you know, throwing a hundred and gas. So it's just like, he's got some weird, obscure injuries, not as weird and obscure as Matt Manning. I'm convinced that guy puts on his shoes in the morning and he breaks something, but uh, yeah, it, it, that's kind of how I feel with that. And I'm, I don't know if you want to comment on that, but I, I love Riley Green. I think he's going to be the guy. I'm just very worried about his health and I need to kind of see it to believe it. Yeah. And I, and you know, some of those things come down to, uh perhaps overuse like i i would have to go look at kind of how often riley was in the lineup like was he able to get any rest days in there um were they able to sneak him an extra day of rest or anything after after a particularly hard day um because the tigers just like haven't had that depth that like if riley green's available you gotta put riley green in the lineup and sure there's there's a certain extent to like I wish everybody could be Cal Ripken Jr. and just like never take a day off. But guys need days off, guys need rest. And like that option maybe hasn't really existed for Riley. And so like, as you said, like, let's get an outfielder. That would help relieve some of that pressure um, uh-huh. is the ability for Riley to to DH for for a few days or to, to kind of like find that little bit of extra rest that can can yeah. help you weather some of those weird weird kind of obscure the ball bounced funny um type of injuries that that can occur and to be fair to the tigers they did that like he played outfield when he came back from the stress fracture but they dh'd him a lot of games Mm -hmm. and he still found a way to get hurt diving for a ball so 
Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to rag on the guy because I think he's going to be awesome. I just am. I'm very, very. He's without question the biggest player I'm concerned with health wise, and that goes without saying. I think he has the ability to be the best player on this team. Um, but yeah, we'll see. the The other guys, you know, Mason Englert, Fido, those guys will be interesting to see going into next season, especially a guy like Fido, because you have to imagine right now the rotation will be. Let's assume Erod does. Let's assume we're going to be positive today. Erod does opt in. He's going to stay. Your rotation is probably going to be Mize, Erod, Ubel, Manning, and then your fifth will probably be a battle between Reese Olsen, uh, Brisky, Alex Fiedo, maybe Sawyer Gibson Long. Uh, Joey Wentz, I don't think, needs any more opportunities. but I think he's, in a, he's a bullpen arm or he's just an arm that maybe should be not be pitching in the major leagues. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see because there's a there's that will be the one storyline I'll be looking at a lot going into next spring training of how does this this rotation fall? And then if Erod does not opt in, if he opts out and he walks, that opens up even more potential. Mm-hmm. And then are they training are they trading guys? Are they bringing up some guys from AAA to start the season? You know, it's gonna be that that'll be that's always kind of fun to watch. That's one of my actually favorite storylines usually during spring training is what is our five-man rotation going into camp? You're yeah. not going to have Matthew Boyd next year. You know, maybe you go out and get like a Michael Lorenzen or a Boyd type, that kind of one-year deal for innings eater. But you kind of hope you're beyond that at this point, but you may have to, just depending. Might be a necessity more than anything. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, a guy like Matt Manning and Boat Risky and Fiedo, like, I don't say they're on the bubble, but, you know, we are kind of looking at them, I think, a little bit like, all right, guys, like, it's time. Clock, you know, it's clock's time. Clock's ticking. We'll- Clock's ticking. Like, Scooble's good. Mize is going to get his opportunity next year coming off the injury. Turnbull, he's another one. I don't know what his what his future lies being a Tiger. You know, that's kind of a big question mark there. I think he might kind of be done. Thank you for the no-hitter in 2021, but might be kind of out the door time. We'll see. So that is um, that is a big thing. And I, I put it out today on our Twitter. I said, uh, what was the biggest surprise? And I'll ask you this question because I know you're not on Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called nowadays that much anymore. But I said, what was the biggest surprise of this season? Jake Rogers hitting 20 home runs, Mm -hmm. Tyler Holton, Erod not being traded, or the fact that the injury bug bit again. You can make an argument even worse than last year somehow. I think I'm going to go with the Jake Rogers home runs as my biggest surprise of the season. Um, Just because, like, we've... I've never really coming into this year, never really thought of, and obviously 20 home runs is not like what a power bat. Um, yeah. But I've, you know, I've never thought of Jake as being a, a power hitter. I thought of him much more in the traditional mold of like, all right, coming up ninth, here's our catcher. Uh, base hit, maybe sure. let's turn the over order over. Uh, but yeah, there he was. He was good for some very nice big clutch moments as well. Uh the votes currently with 25 votes in about 17 and a half hours still to go as we're recording on this Monday evening in first place at 36% of the votes, Jake Rogers hitting 20 homers, second place, Tyler Holton being great. Third place, Erod not being traded fourth place injury bug biting again. I'm going to, I'm going to level with, with the listeners and the viewers here on my personal Twitter account. I voted on it. I voted for the injury bug. Just because I thought there's no way it can be as bad as 2022. <laughs> And somehow it was even worse. It was even worse. But the Jake Rogers hitting 20 homers was a pleasant surprise. And also shout out to Tyler Holton. Again, mm-hmm. Tyler Holton with with a heck of a year. And also 
looks like uh, Chris Case Kasich at Lefty Golfer at Lefty Gopher 14, excuse me, said Reese Olson. We might have another Cy Young winner in the future. Reese Olson was, I think he wins Rookie of the Year, no doubt about it. You know, he was kind of like the one true rookie. I guess you could say Kerry Carpenter though had a pretty damn good year, but yeah. Reese Olson maybe the most fun and unexpected story. You could also say it's surprising, but yeah, that that's probably like a good fifth option. Reese Olson. Yeah, I would I agree dig, with that. I dig it. I like that. A I lot. dig it. Can I ask you one more question before we get to the numbers? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think AJ Hinch is back next year? I don't know what his contract is, but the the number always being floated around was he had a three-year deal. He addressed the players recently after they were officially eliminated, said we're close right there. We got to keep working, keep working, but we think we can bring winning baseball to Detroit for next season, blah, blah, blah. Do those comments give you any reassurance or kind of safety and solace knowing he will be back? Do you think that was saving face and he's gone? Where are you at on the spectrum? I would be absolutely floored if he was gone. Um, I, I, I would go so far as to say, I think he's a hundred percent back. I think he's, I think he's, he is all in on making a run for it here. Um, and I think part of that comes from, you know, what happened in Houston, um, that his, his world series as a manager is a bit tainted. Uh, and so the opportunity to like build something to take a team that was a franchise that was in some of the worst shape in baseball and win a world series, compete for a world series. Now. Yeah. I do. Like, I do think there's a scenario where, Two years from now, if they if they haven't like made a big strong push, that he is starting to look for other places to go. But I think he's I think he's in it for at least a couple of more years, especially you know with the steps that it fe it feels like they took this year. Yeah, it's it's a weird, it's got a weird feeling. The twenty twenty one season, and again, I mean they're pretty much there on record. You know, it has that same feeling where there's a couple guys in 2021 who kind of came out of nowhere and, you know, were hitting big home runs for the team. Uh, you know, pitching was pretty solid for the most part. You look back at maybe 10 to 12 games, you go, damn it, if we just could have maybe not had that nine-game losing streak or in 2021, if we just couldn't have had that terrible mm -hmm. month of April, who knows what happens. And mid-season, I would have said, I don't know, I think he's good as gone, but I kind of echo your thoughts. I am starting to get the vibe that he wants to be here and he truly wants to bring a championship to the Detroit Tigers, a World Series ring to this community, the fan base, et cetera, that has been just craving one, that hasn't seen one next year will be 40 years since the roar of 84. So, you know, this team is this team is hungry. These fans are hungry. You know, so, and I think there could be something too where, you know, he got bounced from Houston. His mm -hmm. reputation was kind of tarnished. He got suspended for the year. You know, he had to had to sit out, had to do his whole thing, and the Tigers embraced him. And maybe that meant a lot to him. You know, as much shit as we talk about the Chris Illiches and how this team is run and upper management, how he doesn't open his his wallet. Maybe there is a bit of solace and comfort playing for the Tigers in the sense of managers, coaches, players feel respected and taken care of. I could be totally wrong on this. I don't, I'm not, I'm not there on an everyday mm -hmm. basis, but 
just, you know, if AJ sticks around when he probably could go elsewhere and get a job, you look at a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez, and I guess time will kind of tell with that. If he stays in, that could tell you maybe something that like, yeah, this team has treated me well, even when I had some issues and they're keeping me around. I appreciate that. Austin Meadows, look what they've done with his situation. Yeah. They've been nothing but supportive and transparent with him and giving him all the time that he needs. So this is not a perfect organization. And I've had many tweets this season <laughs> and I've said it is anything but some kinder than others. But as we're as we're winding down on the 23 season, while I'm not saying I'm head first, we're going to be great in 2024. A ton of work needs to be done. I guess I'm a little bit more optimistic, maybe just a little. And again, it probably has something to do with the Chicago Bears are the worst football team I've ever seen in my life right now. And sports just suck for me at the moment. So I need something. He needs something. Let's talk some numbers. Spencer Torkelson sitting on 29 home runs. Luke, when was the last year that a Detroit Tiger hit 30 home runs in a season. 2016? That is correct. Who did it? Well, when you're talking about 2016, it's like four guys. It's either V-Mart, Miggy, Upton, J.D. Martinez. Go J.D. Martinez. Uh, No. Miguel Cabrera? He's one of them. There were two. There's two? Um... Justin Upton? Yes, sir. Justin Upton hit 31. Miggy hit 38 in 2016. J.D. Martinez hit 38 in 2015. Nice. The year before. Did you, kinda... did you know, and I'm going to just double check this real quick. Sorry, as you're looking that up. I'm pretty sure, and this was a stat I, I saw the other day, and I was kind of surprised because I'm doing the Immaculate Grid. Still having fun with it. I'm getting better, for the record. I am getting better. Having a lot of fun with it. In V-Mart his... hit 32 in 2014. Nice. There's nice, all nice. four of your guys for you. In his 21 year, 21 years, excuse me, in the major leagues, Miguel Cabrera never had a 50 home run season. I... You buy that? You believe it? I I do. Okay. Because I was kind of surprised when I read that. He played 81 games a year in Comerica Park. That is true. That is true. If yeah. he played 81 games a year at Yankee Stadium, I think he would have hit 300 home runs a year. <laughs> 500 home runs would have been a record-setting <laughs> season. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't like... I was surprised by that. I guess I wasn't shocked, uh, but the, and this is nothing to sneeze at, but in back-to-back years, 2012 and 2013, he hit 44 home runs. God, 20, 2012, 44 home runs, 139 RP. That's just incredible. That's He's just the best, man. He is just the best, and I'm sure we'll save it for next week after we're back from Detroit, our, our farewell Miguel Cabrera episode yeah. and kind of our recap of the weekend, but spoiler alert, folks. He's the greatest Tiger of all time. I No disrespect to Al Kaline, no disrespect to Alan Trammell, no disrespect to Sweet Lou Whitaker, lots of disrespect to Ty Cobb, the person, baseball player, pretty good. But for me, 
Miguel Cabrera is the greatest Detroit Tigers player of all time. Just, just my opinion. I agree. I don't think it's my, that. It's not that controversial, really. But. My opinion as well. Um, no, you know, opinion. I think I think there's definitely like some of the old timers that would would argue with you about K line, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. All the guys that you just listed, but I I don't think there's really much of an argument to be made um, that just absolutely like they'll they'll say they were more complete players, but Miggy was a fantastic first baseman. He was a he. The two the two years he spent at third base, he was fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. We just have like not seen Mickey play the field in a while, so we kind of have yeah. maybe lost that memory of Miguel homers. Cabrera. Yeah, forty four homers, one hundred and thirty nine RBIs in two thousand twelve. Triple Crown Miguel Cabrera, the best Tiger to ever do it. One last question before we go: What is your expectation? going into this weekend mm. obviously we know it's probably going to be jam-packed might get a little emotional i think i think i'll get a little emotional i've been watching this guy play baseball since 2003 you know he's been yeah. next to pudge rodriguez my favorite tigers player of all time so i think it's going to be a little definitely weepy on sunday but what is your expectation what are you hoping i mean what are your i have a couple things i would love to see some probably more realistic than others but like what's your what's your game plan going in yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't. I think I'm going to be weepier on Saturday during the actual ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's gonna that's gonna probably really get me. Um, and then my my greatest hope is to see Miguel Cabrera get get a hit mm-hmm. on Sunday. Yeah, with, with my love to see it. just a just a just a real simple single. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think they'll pull let's say hypothetically i'm I'm also wondering if they're gonna bat him third on sunday i think they're going to i i could be wrong i could be wrong aj i could see aj being like yeah it's the last game of the season he's a he's the you know one of the best ever we're gonna give it to the fans or i could see him being like yeah we've got a game to win here today he's batting seventh folks <laughs> enjoy it um but let's say hypothetically his first at bat on sunday he gets hit do you think they pull him right away i don't i think i think he goes I think he gets at least three at bats kind of in the, in the regular course of things. It will depend on, I don't think AJ is going to do anything that would cost the Tigers the game. Mm-hmm. Um, like if, like if there's, there's certainly a scenario where it's like a tie game and we're in the eighth inning, Miguel Cabrera hits a single, then like, yeah, they're going to pinch run for Miguel Cabrera. Um, mm-hmm. But I, but I don't think there's going to be an unnest like, an unnecessary pulling of Miguel Cabrera at any point, um, or, or an early pulling of Miguel Cabrera. I think that they like, you know, and maybe he and AJ have talked about it. Maybe Miguel doesn't want to strike out in his last at bat in major league baseball. And so like, he, he's like, I got the hit, yeah. let me sit down. Um, yeah, could but be. I, but I, I do think that AJ has done a really nice job throughout this season of, managing the whole situation for the fans being very clear when Miguel Cabrera is going to be sitting. Um, We saw him rearrange the plan in Miami when he realized that he was going to be, he was scheduled to sit on uh, Venezuela night at, Mm -hmm. at the Miami Marlins and being like, I don't want, I don't want uh, 30,000 fans just booing me all day. So (laughs) we're going to play Mickey. You got to get it. Give the people what they want. 
Yeah, I, I'm on. I'm kind of on the same page as you. Um, I think Sunday I'll be more emotional because I, I have a feeling that place is going to be loud, yeah. loud, loud, loud. And just for the record, recently went to the Gators Tennessee Vols game a couple weeks ago. That was without question the loudest fan stadium experience I've ever had in my life. I think Camerica on Sunday saying goodbye to Miguel Cabrera could top that. I think it could top it easily because it's a sold out crowd. You're saying goodbye to a once in a generation talent in Miguel Cabrera. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty rowdy. And I just hope for his sake, he gets a hit Sunday in mm-hmm. some capacity. I'm going to be greedy and say, I'd love to see him at Homer. One more would be great. Do I think it happens? I, I'm going to I'm going to say no, just because his power is just so, so gone. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's okay. But you know what? One of those classic Miguel Cabrera singles, the right center. Jeff's kiss w- would love it. Would love it. I will be curious if he gets a hit early on, if they decide to pull him out. And honestly, that might be a him call. Like you said, like if he, he may look into the dugout and say, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to yeah. call it. And that could be that. And it's, up, I think it's going to be up to Miggy on Sunday, whatever he wants to do. Um, the only thing I'm hoping is like, please, please, please don't have the great game on Saturday where you go like three for four and Sunday it's like an O for three day. Like save if you're going to get some hits this weekend, buddy, you got to save one for Sunday in some capacity. So and it'd be nice to see. And I was thinking about it too with Miggy. You know, he's had a bunch of home runs and everything. He did 500. He hit on the road in Toronto, but the fans did get to see him hit 3000 at home against yeah. Colorado. And I hope he, I hope he gets his proper send off, which he will get. And I hope he can get one more hit to get Regardless if he gets a hit or strikes out four times on Sunday, the man's getting a loud, loud, loud ass standing ovation. So yeah, just a, just a, I don't, I haven't looked at who's the umpire who's who's on home plate uh, on Sunday's game, but just a reminder to, to him to, to take your time really cleaning off home plate when Miguel's coming Mm -hmm. up to bat, because there's, there's no way his first at bat, and what we're all going to start to assume is when his final at bat is coming up, that that man is getting that is getting into that box by eight seconds uh, mm-hmm. yeah. on the pitch clock. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, yeah, Joey Votto got a good round of applause the other night at uh, uh, Great American Ballpark in Cincy. So I think Miggy, Miggy's going to get a big one too. I think honestly, I am more locked into making sure he gets a hit on Sunday than I care if they win the games. I mean, I want them to win the games. I don't want to, I don't want to fly all the way to Detroit, get a hotel, pay for food, pay for tickets, all this other crap and see them get whitewashed like 14 to one by Cleveland. Yeah. That would suck. But uh, I I think, Hey, if that, but if that one run though is a home run by Miguel Cabrera, I, I might be like, all right, this was pretty cool to see him at a home run in his final at bat. So we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be a fun weekend. Can't wait. Yeah, I agree completely. Luke, I'll see you this weekend. See you soon. And everybody out there listening, if you're around Comerica Park this weekend, let us know on X because we'll be there.